Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 65 of Just The Fitness Tip with Michael Ujoa and Jason Auld, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. So today we are joined by a very special guest. As lockdown rules around the UK continue to ease, shops, pubs and restaurants have been welcoming people back. In England, gyms and fitness centres have been given the green light to reopen from Saturday the 25th of July and on 10th of July in Northern Ireland. In Wales, they are due to open on the 10th of August, which leaves Scotland standing alone. Despite now being in phase three, Nicola Sturgeon has stated that indoor fitness facilities present additional challenges, so they may remain closed until the 14th of September. Today, we are joined by Andy Smith, owner of Lift Gym in Edinburgh, on the show to discuss the latest Scottish government update and the possible implications that it may have caused for not just his business, but the fitness industry as a whole. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, Andy. <laughs> How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. How are you two? We are not too bad at all. I guess we should probably kick this off with you kind of uh, explaining who you are. I'm sure we've called you out. Not called you out. We're very polite to you. We love you. We consider you a good friend. But however, we do mention you and your gym quite a lot on this show. So you should probably just kind of explain a little bit about your background, who you are, and then we'll kind of get into the main bulk of the episode. Awesome. All right. So I guess I'd always describe myself as the kid that's always done every single sport possible and available to him. Um, and that led me on to a fascination with the human body and all things training. So I ended up doing an undergrad in sports therapy, uh, then decided I didn't want to carry on with that. So I went into a master's in strength and conditioning, realized there was no money in that, <laughs> turned down a PhD scholarship, sold my soul to the devil and became a cash for hire personal trainer. <laughs> um, and then I got fed up of that as well. So I started my own private training studio. Um, and then obviously I've gone into opening lift as well. Now I'm, I'm, I'm a bit weird. I properly planned my life in like five year blocks. And the goal of the block from 25 to 30 was to open my own gym. So I got there about 18 months ahead of schedule um, and things were going pretty well. We were up to 820 members. Um, and then what has happened happened. <laughs> and it has been an interesting time since. And I now have four grey hairs, despite being baby-faced as ever. So, yeah, I think that's enough of a rundown, right? No, I like it. I like it. I don't know, Jason, if you wanted to kind of say anything first. I feel so that you were, like, willing to jump in there. But, um, but no, welcome. We've, we've wanted you on the show for a while, so I'm excited for this chat. Yeah, Andy, I had a, a question that I know will be on the lips of every listener. And it is, uh, what was the inspiration for the name Lift? <laughs> Um, it actually came from uh, an external party, um, but we wanted not just a name. We wanted something that was like a really easy brand as well. Um, so if you see if you see the logo, it's it's turned into a proper brand. I feel like I'm being heavily trolled here. <laughs> and, uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate your sincerity there. It was absolutely a joke, but thank you for answering. You can never tell with Jason. Uh, we, we mentioned this to our last guest, uh, Giles Yeo, and the story of why Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow is called Goop. Um, so I'm sure that Jason was probably hoping you had some kind of bizarre story, but... No, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was it was just self-explanatory because there's a lot of lifts that go on there, right? I mean, you probably don't want to you don't want to sell it as a uh, powerlifting gym or Olympic lifting gym or anything like that. But I do know. I mean, I remember uh, before I knew you, before I found out that Mitch knew you, 
uh, it came on my radar as somewhere that kind of facilitated um, lifting to a degree that a lot of places didn't. Uh, in Edinburgh, anyway, that's for sure. Um, but well, I know that it's what, yeah, what we focus around. So it makes sense to name it that way. We we do face a battle as a result of that, that people do think it's just a place for meatheads. But as everybody knows, resistance training, be it body weight and more functional stuff like you guys do at Primal or resistance training with barbells, functional fitness, etc., is one of the best ways to make the most significant and lasting changes. So, yes, it's, it is as simple as that's a lot of what we do. Um, but there is a lot of other stuff that goes on there as well. And it's just it's just trying to bring the correct and most efficient styles of training um, to the broader market rather than, you know, somewhere like a budget gym, for example, that if you just named it based on the equipment that's in there, you'd probably call it Treadmill City. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. Actually. That's quite a good name. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I know you'll probably happily big your own gym up, but I will say that that Lyft is the best gym I've ever seen let alone trained in so i, I do take my hat off to the kind Come of facility on. that you've created there mate wait a minute <laughs> i mean well, yours is like a ninja warrior gym which is great it's a fantastic gym but i'm saying kind of like pure kind of strength training resistance work like lift is is fantastic facility so we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about this after a minute <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm staying on as soon as this recording <laughs> stopped i want to hear that one paradise yeah, so I guess we should probably, we'll kind of encapsulate it as a whole, um, first of all, and just kind of see kind of what your views are then on the current guidelines that the Scottish government have given. Uh, so I actually did, uh, which I spoke to you uh, just before I did it, um, and I did an Instagram poll on my story seeing what the results uh, or kind of what the government were doing, what people felt about what they were doing and whether they thought it was a good idea, basically. Uh, and in the end, there was, so I said, is what the government are doing in Scotland a good call or a bad call by Nicola Sturgeon? The good call, there was 197 people that agreed with her. 239 said that it was a bad idea. So it That's was a lot better turnout than the last election. <laughs> that is like I was I was quite surprised at how much that was split um so I just kind of want to ask overall view first of all before we start going into the intricacies of it um did you I, I can't quite remember did you ask that specifically in the context of keeping the gyms closed or was it a general wording uh it was in regards to keeping the gyms closed yes yeah i mean obviously my opinion sorry just got an email there you probably heard that lovely ding 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 That's um right. in regards to specifically keeping the gyms closed i understand the reasoning behind prioritizing education and i fully stand behind that um but the the justification for being the only country in europe that has its gyms closed exclusively is is sadly lacking and the lack of communication as to why that is is the most frustrating part for me and um, there's a, a set of clinical evidence that sturgeon keeps referring to and i've actually i've requested that several times through mps and msps and not being granted access to that so i've actually had to take the step of um submitting a freedom information freedom of information request for it so it will be really interesting to see what comes out as a result of that because as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the vast majority of the fitness industry and the scientific community are concerned, provided the right measures are put in place, gyms are no, no more risk than any other environment for transmitting COVID-19. And then you also apply the simple metric of 
um, like popularity to that equation. And around 15% of the population of the United Kingdom have a gym membership. So if you're looking at opening up things that have a low risk first to see what happens, you would open, you'd have thought the thing that only 15% of the population of the United Kingdom do. And in that population, they tend to be healthier, tend to be in better physical status, which obviously mitigates their risk when it comes to COVID-19. So I understand the prioritization of schools and education. I do not in any way support the stance on gyms and physical fitness when Scotland is the sick man of Europe. Our population is horrendously out of shape for the most part, horrendously unhealthy and puts a massive strain on the NHS. And it's, it's a long-standing problem and it's across the UK, but Scotland is even worse than England um, in terms of when you break down the individual statistics for obesity, overweightness, and again, childhood obesity and childhood overweightness. So I really, really don't understand the logic or the reasoning behind it. But like I said, I do support education being prioritized. Andy, I think you touched on something quite important there. And it's kind of been the confusion or lack of information put out there um, just for the general public, not necessarily for fitness professionals. Uh, I like to, if I'm feeling bad about myself, look at the end breathing news comments section. Uh, and I realize that actually my life isn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, but there's a lot of people on there that were talking about the idea that uh, COVID-19 could be spread through sweat. And I did a little bit of uh, research, very, very vague first three results on Google. I couldn't find anything that supported the idea that any viruses are actually transmitted through sweat. Why do you think there has been such a lack of information when it comes to um, how dangerous or how safe the gym environment is? I think primarily it's a lack of understanding from what a gym actually is from the political offices. Um, I don't know the makeup of the cabinet to the fullest extent in Scotland, but I can't imagine many of them frequent gyms. And if they do, what type of gym is it? Are they aware of the scope of the independent sector as a whole? Like, Are they aware that there's gyms such as Primal? Um, and then just an outdated idea that people in a gym, I, th I think they're still going off the kind of Greco-Roman idea where a gym literally was a place where you would go and get sweaty and wrestle with other men. Whereas actually, if you look at a gym simply by the nature of exercise and how people move, very rarely are you within two meters of another person anyway. Um, and again, you can't speak for all gyms because there's always exceptions, but any kind of logic about gyms being dirty or poorly ventilated, et cetera, you can just straight away transfer that onto pubs and it's identical. Yeah, I think that's an important uh, kind of differentiation which they've not highlighted within the Scotland guidelines. What they're doing is kind of like a blanket approach to every single gym that's in Scotland. Um, and I think that most people do when they think of gyms, think of, let's think of kind of your your budget, pure gyms, the gym. Um, and they are just not run in the same kind of way that a facility like yours is. But I guess if we're playing devil's advocate now then and saying, is it realistic that the government is able to get out to every single one of these gyms to assess whether they think it's safe? Like, is it not safer as an approach to say, right, gyms potentially are dirty because a lot of kind of the big budget gyms are not looked after to the standards that they probably should be? Um, is it just safer to keep them all closed and not risk the spread of COVID? It is if the information behind that decision is correct. Whereas 
let me just bring this up here. So I have a letter from Joe Fitzpatrick, who is the Minister for Public Health, Sport and Wellbeing. And direct quote, um, where is it? So two of the main concerns of the Scottish government are poorly ventilated changing rooms and the transmission of the virus through perspiration. However, the World Health Organization, which has informed the UK government guidelines, specific quote, all secretions from infected persons except sweat, but including diarrhea from patients with known a possible COVID-19 should be regarded as potentially infectious. So it is actually, it is there in black and white, the World Health Organization state explicitly that sweat is not a transmission for COVID-19. So even if we were all wrestling and sweating on each other and, you know, like doing the whole wiping your brow and just flicking it onto the person next to you's bench, that definitely doesn't happen in gyms anyway, it wouldn't spread the infection. The, the transmission methods remain constant. Um, so if you assume that some gyms are dirty, so they should all be closed, okay, fine, but provide funding to that sector. And if you're going to assume that all gyms are dirty, you have to assume that all pubs are dirty because pubs, shops, cafes have all been linked directly to COVID-19 clusters throughout the UK and Europe. There has not been a single gym that has been directly attributed to be the source of a cluster of COVID-19. This is something that we're quite frustrated about at Primal Gym, which admittedly Andy's done a better job of plugging <laughs> in this episode than I have. But um, one thing we're frustrated about <clears throat> is this idea that if you get a situation like uh, the recent reports of a, a pub in Aberdeen, which is apparently responsible for something like 25 cases or something uh, last weekend. Um, if we have to go backwards and go backwards into lockdown, the gyms have had no opportunity to make any money. And so because we're at the end of the line, if we go back a phase, we then have to wait even longer without having made any money. So, you know, we're always at the back of the line, so to speak. So I think it's it's crazy. I think, as you say, I mean, there's obviously cases outside of the UK or even in down south where you can say, well, we've had this place opened. We've been operating it this way. And these are the, the measurable results rather than this kind of theory, as you pointed out there, that somehow people are breathing heavily and other people's mouths while they're doing bicep curls, you know. I think it's also um, important for us to highlight because I know that a lot of people listening might not be aware of kind of how much funding the kind of fitness industry has received from the government since the start of lockdown. So I don't know if, if Andy you kind of wanted to elaborate on that slightly. <laughs> did you see my LinkedIn post yesterday? <laughs> I did, but I know that a lot of people won't have. So I want you to kind of explain it just to kind of show how, why this is such a big issue and why so many yeah. facilities, especially in Scotland, are struggling. So obviously there's been the furlough scheme, which we've been a recipient of at Lyft, which we're incredibly grateful to. There's been the grant scheme, which is has helped some businesses. I'm, I'm glad of that. However, it it's just set up completely wrong, and we're going through an appeals process of that at the moment. But here is a non-exhaustive list of sector-specific funding. Feel free to chip in or tell me to shut up at any point, because it's quite long. £500 million for the film and TV restart scheme. 340 million pounds and the rest of them from here onwards specific to scotland 340 million pounds to the farmers and crofters fund 120 million pounds to the pivotal enterprise resilience fund 100 million to the social care fund 78 million to the construction fund 66 million to a green fund 
38 million to high growth fund, 35.5 million to a digitization fund, 30 million to the creative tourism and hospitality fund, which by the way, used to be tourism, hospitality and leisure pre-lockdown. Since lockdown, it's become creative tourism and hospitality. Interesting. If you look at the names of the secretaries, leisure is always tied in with tourism and hospitality in their job titles. Just now the discrepancy has been made. 22.5 million to the seafood fund, 14 million to the hotel recovery fund, 14 million to the independent museum and gallery fund, 10 million to the local events fund, 9.7 million to the coastal communities fund, 3 million to a specific B&B fund, because obviously they're different enough to hotels, you know, not in the same way that gyms are different to each other, hotels and B&Bs are vastly different. Um, 2.6 million to the zoo fund, 2.2 million to the grassroots venue fund, 2.1 million to the borders fund, 1 million to the Creative Scotland Bridging Bursary Fund. Now that's non, non-exhaustive as well, because there's obviously the 50 million to the Northern and Western Isles, which is 100 million when you include the UK government's funding. But all of those, and by the way, they're all deserved, because these industries have all been trashed by COVID-19. But you can't justify that kind of response to all these different sectors and not give anything to the fitness sector when part of the government's quotes around um, Scotland are providing a fair and equitable economic opportunity to all. How is that? How is blatantly discriminating and completely ignoring one sector a fair and equitable economic outcome? It's completely unjust. Mm-hmm. I think in a few years' time, we're gonna there'll be a Netflix documentary about the kind of shady, um, kind of clandestine government that you know. I'm obviously joking, but it, when you re- when you hear that list of things like, you know, no disrespect to the B and B industry, but when you hear about as you you quite rightly pointed out that there's been a distinction there, when you could quite easily have an umbrella term that includes them with hotels and, and so on and so forth. Um, it does start to sound like the kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy stuff because it yeah. doesn't seem to be a legitimate reason why there wouldn't be any funding or support. And can I just add as well that every single one of those funds that I released, uh, sorry, that I mentioned there, was released when those sectors either already had a rock-solid guaranteed opening date or we're already open and trading. And then obviously you've got things like the VAT relief for restaurants. You've got eat out to help out. All these fancy fancy schmancy schemes that are being unveiled whilst we're supposedly in the middle of a war on obesity. And there's there's nothing for Jim. Yeah. I think that's the issue, it. isn't it? Like when it comes to like Boris Johnson announcing this war on obesity and then to have this kind of stark difference. I know that Scotland does things very different to England, um, like very, very differently to England. Um, it is strange that the sector has been completely ignored. And I know this is going to be very difficult to answer, but what do you think is going to be the impact of this lack of funding over these last kind of four months long term? It's easy to answer. We're seeing it already. Exercise for less, boom, gone into administration, bought by JD Gyms. DW Fitness, boom, gone into administration. They probably won't be bought by JD Gyms because a lot of their units are very, very close together. So straight away, you're looking at upwards of 3,000 jobs there. And you're seeing in other sectors that have had funding how severe this impact has been. So it is not difficult to imagine the consequences if Scottish gyms receive no funding, don't get open until September the 14th, and then there is the the much publicised second peak through winter, which forces us all back into another lockdown. It will just result in a raft of closures and a raft of bankruptcies. 
I think also people don't take into consideration, you know, there's statistics that show the amount of people that work in gyms and, uh, you know, it's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that might lose their jobs, but it doesn't take into consideration across the board things like, um, I mean, there's people doing classes at Primal at the moment who uh, usually teach uh, school classes like dance classes or your martial arts classes or gymnastics classes. They can't operate at the moment either. You know, there's places like um, the trampoline parks, you know, your big trampoline parks, although they might not be kind of um, under the subheading of, of health and fitness, they can't open either. So well, they're going to close too. That's what we're trying to fight for at the moment is it's it's indoor leisure. That So that's like gymnastics clubs, martial arts clubs, all these different things. That's what we're trying to fight towards at the moment. And it's, it's sector-specific funding, including all those places, because they're hugely important. Like most kids don't want to go to the gym. We've got a massively, massively obese nation in terms of childhood rates. And then all these venues are being closed for them. They can't, so they won't have these things to do. So what are they going to do? Just gonna exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. And I think it's amazing with that. Yeah, I think there's always that argument. And we mentioned it last week, didn't we, Mitch, about um, the classic retort is, oh, well, you know, you don't need a gym to work out. You know, you can go for a run. You can go and do this, go and do that. But it completely ignores the expertise uh, of places like a martial arts gym or a gymnastics gym that you can't teach people over Zoom in their front room or even a place like yours. You know, if you think of people who are, are powerlifters or just general strength athletes, you know, there's only so many press-ups you can do. So, you know, I, I think what I find quite interesting, I think you nailed it on the head, was it seems to be vested interest. It's the fact that none of these people who are making the decisions are actively involved in the community or the industry. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing, though, right? You can work out without a gym. You can absolutely do it. However, if that's going to be the primary underpinning as to why gyms should stay closed, then one, you have to fund them. And two, what are, name, let, let's name like, so let's take Jason. What are the three most attended classes at your gym? Probably calisthenics, gymnastics, yeah. and like OCR, obstacle course race stuff. Okay, so calisthenics you can do without a gym if you're lucky enough to have access to the right equipment and the right weather conditions to do it. But straight away, we've got two big blockers there. OCR racing, you can't. There's what, the total, is it the total warrior gyms? That's the, like one chain that run across the UK and that's it. Um, and then what was the third one you said? Gymnastics. gymnastics yeah. so you can't do that without a dedicated venue without massively increased risk of injury anyway. So then let's take probably the top three most attended or most used things at my gym. Squat rack with bar and plates, machine, and then spin classes. Now spin classes, if you have two and a half grand to drop and then another 70 quid a month for the subscription, yeah, you can do Peloton at home, but who's got that money to drop? You can't get a squat rack in your home if you've not got a garage in the right space and even then you won't be able to get the standard that we've got but tell you what you can do at home you can drink at home in exactly the same way as you can in a pub oh but it's about the social interaction yeah i get that so is the gym and also based on the rules through lockdown you're allowed to have your mates who you would go to the pub with to come to your place to drink inside in the warmth like you would you can also drink outside on the park so if that's going to be the underpinning of your argument then the logic just doesn't hold up to any kind of sustained investigation. I think if the funding, you're right there. If the fun, if the funding was there, then it would, 
it would still suck, but then at least you can kind of uh, justify it slightly. But the fact that the sex has just been completely missed out, just it is, yeah, it's shocking to think the amount of gyms and jobs that will be lost in the long run that is going to cost the government far more than the funding that they would pump into the industry now to keep everything afloat. Yeah. But Andy, I think you, correct me if you haven't experienced this, but this is something I've definitely experienced. You know, I think there's an assumption that people who are exercising or rather people who were exercising in the gym uh, environment continue to exercise throughout lockdown. I've spoken to a lot of people who have told me that either don't want to do online classes or they don't want to follow YouTube videos or they don't want to go for a run or anything like that. And so they've just done nothing. And, and it sounds crazy, but I think for me, it's it's the equivalent of saying, you know, and this, this might be a little bit of a, a terrible analogy, but it would be like if you went to a therapist to work out your emotional issues, if you all of a sudden take your therapist away, it's like, oh, well, don't worry. You can you can go and work them out uh, in your bedroom or, or, you know, in the living room. It's it's that idea that, you know, the environment, the the people involved, you, you pointed out, obviously, the social element at, at Primal Gym, that is a massive thing for a lot of people is being able to have that shared experience, but also kind of, you know, if it's something they've struggled with to do on their own, they want to do it as part of a community. I think it completely neglects that by saying, oh yeah, you know, gyms are shut, just, just go for a run or do some press-ups. Yeah, it's, it's, it's complete. Again, it comes from a lack of understanding as to what the environment, or what, sorry, what the environment could be. Not necessarily what the environment is, but what the environment could be and what the environment represents to a lot of people. It completely, it completely knocks that out of the park. It's, it's, an, it's an oversight. Um, and it's an oversight that's unfortunately quite common. Um, and it's an oversight that it doesn't come from a place of um, contempt. It comes from a genuine misunderstanding of how important this is to a lot of people. Yeah, agreed. So I, uh, after doing that poll, you actually encouraged me to do a question sticker to kind of get a few of the reasonings here. So I just want to throw a few of them at you. I know we've probably covered a few of these in what we've chatted about already, but we'll just kind of quick fire around them and see what you um, what you have to say. Uh, so the first one is, uh, it is very difficult to arrange safe, clean turnaround of equipment within gyms. It can be, yes. However, everywhere has uh, stepped up their cleaning protocols. And I can't speak for other places, but the specifics that we've got at Lyft will be fogged the day immediately before we open. Um, and we have handheld spray bottles of the fogging spray that we can go around and do all the touch points with. Uh, so that means that you get seven day protection from the virus with everything that's been fogged. We also have specific antiviral and antibacterial wipes at every station. Plenty of signs reminding people to wipe everything down and we'll be releasing a series of instructional videos on how to do that. All members um, have agreed to or been notified of our change in terms and conditions, um, which are on a website, which basically says like, look, we're going to keep the place even more clean post COVID play ball. Um, we can, I don't think we'll have to, but we can bar members if they aren't obeying the protocols. Um, so yeah, it could be difficult. It's certainly costly. We spent north of £2,000 so far on um, specified cleaning equipment. However, there are the materials out there to do it and to keep it safe. And I've run our protocol past people that work in hospitals, uh, and they've said that our our protocol is as effective, if, if it's done properly, obviously, um, as hospital cleanliness would be. And our air conditioning is operates to the same standard of air clearing as uh, the general areas of a hospital. So there are absolutely no concerns from our end. 
Yeah, it's. I think that's it once again, isn't it? I know you mentioned it before again, but kind of differentiating between the gyms that really look after their facilities and ones that don't. And it does, someone kind of put in the question box actually saying it does just take one person to ruin it for everyone else and potentially put someone's life at risk. So yeah, like another question sticker was, it's much easier for the virus to spread by gym equipment shared between all members. But I guess if you've got the right cleaning protocols in place, then that should be absolutely fine. Also, that's an argument that could be placed in any scenario, you know? Mm -hmm. It's something that you could talk about public transport. You could talk about... I know I don't want to pick mm -hmm. on the pubs because I like pubs more than the next guy. But, you know, <laughs> I think... You know, and anecdotally, I was in a pub for the first time in four months on Friday. And honestly, it was, it was a state. Like, people were, like, sitting really close together. There was no policing of, like, going up to the bar... You know, there was no kind of um, solution or implementation of people going to the toilet at different times or anything like that. It was it was literally the Wild West. So this idea, oh, it takes one person to spoil it for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing you can do about that, but there's no it's, different it, from any other scenario. That one person, are they likely to be the person who's been chomping at the bit to get back in the gym? Or are they more likely to be the person that has a flagrant disregard for everybody else's health so it's more likely to have a disregard for their own health and is the person that isn't wearing their mask on the bus, isn't wearing their mask in the supermarket, isn't coughing into the crook of their elbow, isn't washing their hands frequently. Is that person more likely to be in a gym or are they more likely to be not a gym member? Now, bear in mind, we've already established that less than 15% of the population in Scotland own a gym. So your chances have already decreased by 85%. I know where my odds lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that the the Scottish government, because they've said that that date in September is what they're aiming for, they might bring it forward. Do you think they're just simply waiting for kind of what happens in England to see if there is a spike from the gyms there and then they'll they'll usher it closer towards the date now? I think if they were doing that, they would have been remiss to look at the fact that there's been no spikes attributed to any gyms anywhere else in Europe. As far as I'm aware, there's been one spike attributed to a gym in Michigan, and that was right at the start of lockdown right at the start when they opened everything back up and it was obviously far too early. So this, unless the Scottish government has information that nobody else in the world is privy to, in which case they should be sharing it with the other world leaders we'd agree, right? If they had information, that's an absolute ticking time bomb and they didn't share it, that's arguably worse. Um, there's there's absolutely no precedent for them to base this, this closure of the gyms on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess at kind of the the last point that kind of agreed was saying that I think it's a good call. Um, however, it's a shame that it's applied to the whole sector. So a little bit balanced there. Um, but yeah, there was a load of people that did agree. Uh, they agreed, uh, disagreed, sorry. They think that the gym should be open and they're with you there. Considering the obesity crisis right now, the gym should be a priority over hairdressers, etc. cetera. Um, infection oh, rates. Oh, 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 that's controversial. I <laughs> yeah, I didn't put any names to these so people don't get kind of a... Uh, hunted down. Uh, infection rates in the community and hospital admissions are down and there have been no infection surges after things like beaches being packed and shops opening. Uh, pubs before true. gyms. Not true. There was a cluster attached to uh, the you know the call centre cl um, cluster, the initial one in Inverclyde. Mm -hmm. That was linked to a shop and a bar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, pubs before gyms. Government clearly want to make money before bothering about anything else. So. Do you know what? I'd, I'd agree with that as well. And I would have no problem, well, no problem. I would have much less of a problem with the tactic taken if the Scottish government just said, look, the economy needs to kick up the arse. The best way to do that is to get people into the highlands, get people into the pubs. Uh, we need to get some money through. And as a result of that, 
only 15% of the population go to gyms. It just doesn't bring us enough right now. Here's some funding, stay closed, cover your costs and be ready for when we need you open in, in winter when nobody wants to exercise outside. Nobody wants to do the cycling that's been prescribed to them by the doctor because it's fucking howling a ghoulie at six in the morning when they're on their way to work and they can't even ride their bike because the winds are that strong. I'd have no problem with it if there was just the honesty and the funding behind it. Yeah, totally agree. Andy, I think we'd be remiss. We've, we've mentioned it a couple of times now, but if we didn't ask for your opinion on Boris's war on obesity, um, uh, Mitch, I know Mitch went viral yet again with controversial <laughs> opinions. He's baiting trolls left, right and centre. Um, but yeah, Mitch, you posted the thing that was kind of, shall we say, um, unambiguously against the idea of uh, the government channeling people into Weight Watchers and Slimming World and so on and so forth. And obviously the other things that were the kind of um, reduction in the buy one, get one freeze to quote unquote unhealthy foods. Um, what is your just your general opinion on, on that announcement and, and the plans that Boris has for his war on obesity? If you If you strip it back, and look at what they're trying to do, which is number one, generally get people to make healthier food choices and eat slightly less food. That's not a bad aim. The execution is questionable, um, especially accidentally from um, from a, a litigation viewpoint, because the government aren't, without going through a proper tender process, the government actually aren't allowed to specify traffic towards one business over another. Um, so that's that's quite an interesting point, and I'm wondering if that will get picked up on by Mitch and his infamous little blackboard. Well, <laughs> that's so, I, so apparently the uh, literally any post with that board does go viral. It's uh, I think so. There's always been a connection between Slimming World, uh, Weight Watchers, and those kind of clubs and GP. So I wonder whether a tender did happen a very very long time ago that we're just unaware of. It might not have done though. Yeah, it's, so, it's definitely something to look into if any nutrition bodies fancied that. The, the other thing they're trying to do is make people more active. Again, that's a great goal, but the execution, getting people to cycle. I mean, if you boys look out your window right now, let's say that you're not very fit and you're being asked to cycle 25, 30 minutes to work. Yeah, you might have got a bike, but have you got a rainproof jacket? Have you got rainproof trousers? Have you got the right boots? Are cars going to go past and splash you? A lot of people probably aren't going to cycle. Like, If seasoned cyclists don't want to cycle in this weather, are you, are you saying a rookie is going to want to cycle in this weather? Just, just got a spin class. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> exactly. well, no, I never thought that one through there. It's just the, the infrastructure for cycling is just a joke within the UK. I just think, yeah. like, so many people I know in Edinburgh who are kind of pretty good cyclists, they're very fit, active people. Cycling would be fine, but they do not want to brave cycling through the middle of a city because the infrastructure is just not there to keep them safe. You go to other countries like Holland, for example, or Netherlands, should I say? Which no. Mitch goes um, to a lot. Yeah, uh, I do. Emma's cousins live there. Um, no and... cycling holidays. Let's go that <laughs> no, way. no, I don't. Uh, and the infrastructure there for cycling is amazing. Like from the age of three or four, they're cycling alongside main roads because they are safe. Yeah, I think I think that's a, the problem, really, isn't it? And I've I've seen this with um, a, a few years ago. I made a video about the outdoor gym equipment that you might see dotted around the city and how completely how good... that was so good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Go check that out, guys. It's on YouTube now. But it was basically just trying to, in a comedic sense, highlight how completely inadequate it was. And I think what the government or local councils like to do is they like to be seen to be doing something without actually having to do the hard work of doing it. So let's implement a 
you know, the city bike scheme, but at the same time have these horribly pothole riddled roads, terrible kind of, you know, um, infrastructure, as you say, Mitch, for cycling. So nobody wants to cycle anyway. And the same thing with those gyms, or God, to call it that is a disgrace, to be honest. Those pieces of equipment to just kind of, oh, let's just stick them in the park and then, you know, we, we tick a box and we fulfill a quota, but nobody knows how to use them. Nobody even knows if they are useful anyway. Are they the best way of doing things? Are they the most cost-effective way of doing things? You know, I, I think it, it, it's crazy. It's akin to me of, you know, back in the day, they were sticking skate parks in the most deprived parts of town and just going, oh, well, you know, you know, kids in the, the high-rise towers will be out in their skateboards en masse, uh, not realizing that skating isn't very big in those parts of town. Let's put it that way. It's quite a, it's quite a middle-class pursuit. So it's just that for me, I've always thought it's, you know, it's let's let's find the easiest way possible to look as though we're encouraging people to do something without actually having to do the legwork. It comes back to the fact that the government try to keep all of these things in house, and this is where I think UK Active are stepping up um, a little bit with the things that they're doing. Um, I'm a part of that as well, and I'm quite hopeful of how we can push that on. But it's about getting the right people in front of the government before the strategy is drawn up so that that strategy is drawn up in a way that's sustainable, a way that's cost-effective, and a way that's long-term gain. Because if you just ticked off an extra 2% of the population each year and took made them from either overweight to healthy weight or obese to overweight, um, the cost that you'd save the NHS is absolutely enormous. I did the, some brief maths on this the other day. You'd need an initial budget of 2.3 million pounds, I think it was, and if you captured 2% of the population in the first year and then each of those referred a quarter of a friend, so you got 2.5% of the population um, in each, so 2, 2.5%, then it would be about 3.1% or something. Um, within five years, you'd have saved over 30 million pounds um, on half a budget of two. Two, 2.3 million, that's less than we spend on B&Bs, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know. it worked. It worked out as about seventy-seven quid per head per year that you'd need wow. to make a make a significant impact. But that's, that's a cheap uh, night out, <laughs> right? It is to a lot of people. Hmm. And the best thing is, you can get a takeaway at the end of that. If it's on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you get ten pounds off your bill. You know what I'm saying? Boom, <laughs> boom. So yeah, I guess that kind of uh, that kind of covers everything that we wanted to chat about, Andy. So I don't know if there's anything that you kind of wanted to bring up as a final point on this at all, or if you wanted to leave any kind of parting words of wisdom before we kind of roll on to something a little bit uh, more lighthearted to finish up the episode. Just the, the standard support your independent gyms. For those people that voted on your poll and said it was a good idea, if that was based on any kind of conceptions around the cleanliness or safetyness, it's not it's cleanliness or safetyness, cleanliness or safety. Or me just a meathead, I like to meet <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so well Andy I know right <laughs> this intellectual guy nah fuck 38% cut it out cut it out um, if, if it's based on your perceptions of cleanliness and safetyness um, then just get down to that gym send them an email get on the social media message them ask them what they're doing and I think you'll probably be pleasantly surprised and if not you'll be able to find somewhere so just like everything if something goes in, if, if you go in somewhere and it's not quite right, don't trash it immediately. Speak to the management if it's an independent place and they will probably be very, very thankful for your your kind words. Um, just, yeah, that's that's about all I'd say. Independent gyms. I was doing so well. Totally. 
loved it. It's fine, we can cut this bit out. No, <laughs> staying in there, authentic, you know. You know Is us. there anything you'd like to say, Andy? No. <laughs> <laughs> cut, job done. Enjoy the episode. Fantastic. Yeah, Jason, and as also kind of being someone who helps run Primal Gym, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to say before we move on either. Um, I will say, uh, before we had Andy on, I've been really impressed with how outspoken you've been. And I, I said it to you as well, just I think the level and the listeners will hear this as well, just how you've been incredibly measured and articulate, um, but also kind of standing up to, I think there's a lot of people who out of frustration are just kind of shouting like, why me, why us? And, and, and I think a lot of people are just like, oh, pipe down, you know, I think the way that you've gone about it, and it's it's difficult when it's affecting you personally as well, I think has been excellent. Um, and I can only hope that through uh, continued efforts, we get some movement, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, man. I appreciate the kind words. It's just, you know, it's, it's the only option that's out there at the moment is to try and do things through the right channels and hopefully reach, reach the people that need to be reached. And you're not going to do that by just stomping and shouting your feet and calling Sturgeon a troll as much as it would be nice to do that i love that you invited her to the gym i've got like an, how amazing would the like the photo shoot be of her like going for like a, a one rep max on the squat <laughs> and you just like it's just like spotting her screaming i can't spot her actually if she puts in that rose but you know no. i'm gonna wear this mask if she comes <laughs> to the gym you see that mitch it's a puppy frenchie that almost looks like daisy that does look like my dog i love it where did you get it uh oh i can't remember it's just one of these random mask places puppy masks are us yeah exactly and uh we'll, we'll do a little plug there as well uh, so if you want to follow andy on uh instagram where he posts lots of pictures of his dog uh it's uh at pretty power lifter so uh please do head over to his page and give him a follow i should probably make sure that there's some uh, dog pictures on there not just topless ones eh, mitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see just on that, if you want to see, uh, please please do follow me. Follow my gym as well, at Lift Gyms UK on Instagram and Facebook. And on LinkedIn, Andrew Smith, I'm there. That's where I put a lot more of my, um, I guess at the moment, political-minded um, business posts. Um, so, yeah, if you go on there, just do please engage with our stuff. It costs you nothing, but it helps us a lot to get the message out there. And we are fighting for everyone, not just ourselves. Love it. Good work, mate. You've got, you got to watch that political account, though. I was looking the other day, and there's a lot of Area 51 stuff on there. So if you're looking <laughs> specifically for the fitness stuff, you've got, to, you've got to weave through the alien stuff. Um, but, hey, did you hear the Pentagon came out and said that they found a craft that was not of this world? Hey, you can so save that. So you can right. save it for another podcast or other podcast, but um, crazy, crazy. Can we can we do an alternate alternate universe conspiracy theory podcast, please? That would be unbelievable. <laughs> I think that'd do quite well. I think we could fit in the <laughs> Scottish government trying to slowly kill us all by not letting <laughs> us do bicep curls. Would fit quite well in there. Absolutely. There's only so many curls you can do with a can of tenants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. Love it. Thank you so much for that, mate. Right. We're just going to finish up uh, with a little article we wanted to discuss because we thought it'd be quite funny. I mean, there's some serious undertones to this article. However, we're going to not take it very seriously at all. Um, so Michael Mosley, uh, BBC presenter, uh, is doing, and, and GP, should I say, um, is uh, doing a new TV program about health 
weight loss, that kind of thing. Uh, and he has come out saying that men are more deluded than women about their fitness. Uh, so I thought this is a great chance for us all <laughs> to take the mickey out of each other. Because it always, you know, as soon as I saw this, it reminded me of a story of, like of my dad. Every time I'd come home after doing any kind of fitness challenge, any fitness race or anything, he'd be like, I could do that. He couldn't do it. But do you agree with the comment? 100 percent 100 oh just yeah like anytime i speak to anyone they find out i'm a powerlifter first comment oh how much you bench and it's <laughs> oh yeah i used to be able to do that no <laughs> you didn't no you fucking didn't you no know, stop it shut up you didn't you absolutely never ever in any world been able to come even close to that just stop it but everyone everyone and their uncle yeah i got a bad knee <laughs> there's a there's a reason why there's a dad's race at school sports day <laughs> yeah. like watching the kids like i'll do i can do this better than that come on and there's always one hamstring injury in every race <laughs> one is generous yeah <laughs> oh that's so true there's all the videos as well like why uh um you go on youtube type in why are men less likely to live as long as women <laughs> like blokes are mad ladders across like three-story drops <laughs> trying to do monkey bars and shit <laughs> oh, it is, it is true it is true i, I had a, a teacher at school that let's just say he was quite short and overweight and he was a math teacher, and he claimed that the only reason he became a math teacher was because um, he was he was uh, he was on route to become a professional footballer, but he did his knee in. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, wow. So, so a math teacher was your backup plan. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? It's always the knee as well, even when it's like, yeah. oh, I used to be able to bench that, but then it hurt my knee. Uh, <laughs> so now right. I can't walk to the bench. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> yeah, must be it. yeah, they can't get yeah. the arch with a bad knee. That's the problem, isn't it? What's What's the worst way you've ever overestimated yourselves with your own fitness? You must have done something on the unicycle that you've just bailed out horribly. <laughs> Well, my whole career, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I think I think when you do uh, a sport that, how do we define it? That is maybe what you would deem as like an extreme sport or an urban sport. The element of risk assessment and risk management, I think, is much higher um, than in other sports, just because it's so kind of glaringly obvious you know if there's something dangerous you know you're going to hurt yourself like people used to always say to me if i was on a shoot or something they'd be like well don't do it don't do it if you're going to hurt yourself as though somehow i was like oh no you know what i'm quite happy just to hurt myself that'll be fine um don't worry about it i'm like no i'm, I'm definitely not going to hurt myself i'm definitely not going to do it if it's going to hurt me um so yeah i've been quite lucky in that respect i i've found that most people who get injured they're doing daft things that are not you know i think it's maybe either a false sense of security or something like that um one of the classic ones as well is i heard uh, david james the um england former england goalkeeper he put his back out and and couldn't play for weeks because he was reaching for the television remote <laughs> so it's always it's always crazy things like that or even you know in, in a gym environment it's doing something that is quite straightforward. It's doing something that you're quite confident in you're doing, but you're maybe just not giving it 100% attention. Um, I always find it's those. It's never kind of glamorous things. My favorite story of yours, Jason, is the uh, the shoot that you were trying to get a photo of you on top of a bridge, like balancing on the edge of the bridge. And it was actually the photographer that fell in the river rather than you falling off and hurting yourself. Yes, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you had to... 
he had to get underneath the, the bridge, obviously, to get a shot of me. And I'm standing there for ages, like, just waiting. And there's, like, a crowd gathering as well because I'm standing on the edge of a bridge with a unicycle. <laughs> and everyone's like, are you going to do this? Are you gonna do I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you're waiting, you're waiting. Like, people are looking bored. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then uh, I guess get a phone call from the guys, like, oh, I've just fallen in the river. My camera's not working. And I was like, wow. I was like, I knew this was going to be an extreme shoot, but I didn't think it was going to be extreme for you. <laughs> Love it. Right. So I think uh, Jason has a little game for us to play before we finish up. So, Jason, I'm going to let you introduce this. Absolutely, Andy. This is a little game that we've devised. It's completely our idea. It's called Supplement or supplemental. It's the game that everyone has been playing throughout lockdown. It's taken the fitness industry by storm. The rules of the game, I'm going to give you a name. You have to tell me, is that a real supplement or is it made up? Supplement, supplemental. So um, what we're going to do is we'll, we'll play against you and Mitch. I've got a couple here. Um, we're going to kick it off with a good one. One of my favorites, Bishop's hat anyone you think bishop's hat is that a real supplement or is that a made-up name are you going to and explain what it is or do we have to guess before you explain what it is you have to guess before okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm going supplemental i'll go supplement then we'll go with it it is in fact a supplement you may have heard it referred to as horny goat weed, which is equally a fantastic name. But it is, uh, uh, let me just find out. It's a dietary supplement, um, and its clinical effects are unknown, apparently, which is great. Which is really good, really good for this show when I'm trying to provide a definition. But I believe it's supposed to um, promote uh, masculine... Um, prominence shall we say um it's good for erections i think so next yeah. one <laughs> if it's probably not working then if you just think it bro <laughs> good point good point okay next up we've got bum wart bum wart is bum wart is that a real supplement or is that just supplemental bum wart and they go for it <laughs> I really want so this is the, this is why it becomes hard because I really really want that to be a supplement. <laughs> so I'm going for it. I want it so bad. Supplement. I want I'll, go, I'll go supplemental then. I'll go supplemental. Mitch has gone supplemental. It is in fact supplemental. Oh, but down. But a little bonus for you. The real supplement is called nipple wart. <laughs> and uh, it's used as a salad vegetable in Europe. Um, but it, it's, uh, it apparently has calming effects. And used as a tea, it often, often helps staunch the flow of milk when it's time to stop breastfeeding. <laughs> so there you go. Nipple wart, not just a clever name. Um, so last one here, Mitch really uh, has kind of, taking this game by storm uh, he's been practicing he's been playing at home with the wife clearly um so not really fair actually is it um but we've got one more here i reckon we do winner winner takes all so if andy can get this one over you mitch um i think we can crown him the king of supplement slash supplemental 
ready. Yes. <laughs> I don't just, think I am. <laughs> just, just fill in a little bit here. Just fill in a little you can bit do here. this with them. Um, you can come up with another round of this for your next guest and go with uh, flavors of pre-workout. Yes. Well. Oh, mate, that's a that's a minefield to itself. Even the <laughs> names, some of the names on there, like the curse. Your favorite flavor is um, from Strom, who who made really good products, but they made one of the flavors of their pre-workout unicorn piss. <laughs> Why the fuck you <laughs> Magical results. <laughs> okay, last one, guys. Last one we've got here. <laughs> Stiff cock. Stiff cock. Is that supplement or supplemental? Supplement. 100%. That is a supplement that everybody needs in their life. <laughs> For the people that were taking Bishop's hat, they should be taking Stiff cock. Mitch, what do you think? You going I'm, opposite again? Yeah, I'll go opposite. I'll go opposite. It is, in fact, a supplement. It is a strong-smelling plant uh, with strong-smelling leathery leaves that are used to make tea that's claimed to be a herbal form of Viagra. Yes, I know what you're thinking. A lot of them were for the same reason. And uh, no, I don't have any in my uh, medicine cabinet <laughs> at home. That was supplement versus supplemental thanks for playing andy uh well done uh we will be back for another edition of that especially i, I don't know why we didn't play that with giles yo <laughs> can you imagine like yeah doctorate uh really well uh respected uh professional in the field bbc presenter supplemental supplemental he would have loved it giles yo stiff cock supplement or supplemental <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we went downhill towards the end there. But Andy, once again, please do plug uh, where everyone can find you, where they can get in touch if they have any questions or if they want to help you kind of join in this um, kind of uh, creating a strong argument for uh, different changes within the industry. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> for, for the industry stuff, um, best bet is LinkedIn. So it's just Andrew Smith. Um, you should find me easily enough on there. Um, it's a picture of me in a black t-shirt, really identifiable, great stuff. I was going to uh, say, because that's a very unique name. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? I think we're, we're connected though, aren't we? So maybe best oh, to yeah. search, search for Jason and then go through his connections and find me on there. But Christ, I'm like your secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Did you post that letter for me? Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing else to do, the gyms are closed. <laughs> riding your unicycle to the post box that's it Ooh, um, that's so, yeah, content instagram, content instagram pretty underscore powerlifter for reasons obvious and many and then for the gym lift gyms uk on both instagram and facebook um and then yeah they would be your best bets i oh, don't phone us because we're not there most of the time. <laughs> we had one guy the other day. I was amazed. He phoned and he actually, obviously he got, he got through. He sounded really surprised. It's like the one time that I'm there. I'm like, hello? Who's this? Who's just a Mary? Like, I follow kind of obviously you and Laura, who is also kind of part owner of Lyft as well. And the amount of posts I see of you kind of like sitting in the gym and it feels really sad to see. So I think you guys are probably there more than people think you well, are. Well, we have, we, we, someone had, this is one of the, quirks of the insurance everyone should go follow laura as well by the way laura one m uk um the glamorous and brainy half of lift gems uk um but yeah we have to be in there every day for insurance purposes and then there's still things like you have to do the water checks to make sure that there's not a legionella outbreak because you know that's what 2020 needs isn't it <laughs> um, and then like the aircon 
the uh, fire checks, all of that stuff. Then there's the kit maintenance, so like the oiling and cleaning of the barbells and things. Um, and then if you just left the place, it would get really, really dusty. So it still needs to be hoovered and all that. So there's a lot that still has to go on, even though the gym is closed. Yeah, crazy. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today, mate. We really appreciate Thanks, it. Andy. Thanks for having me, guys. Great fun. Love it. Thank you. So you've been listening to episode 65 of Just the Fitness Tip with Michael Ujoa and Jason Auld, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. We will see you all again next week. Keep on tipping. <laughs>